Welcome to the online ministry of Pacific Beach United Methodist Church, located in beautiful San Diego, California. Pacific Beach UMC is a member of the Reconciling Ministries Network and welcomes persons of all ages and backgrounds for worship, study, and service opportunities. More information can be found on our website at pbumc.org. May you be enriched by the hearing of these words, and may you receive and enjoy God's blessing. from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is apparently the wilderness road, in case you weren't aware. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I? unless someone guides me. And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was like this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? for his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask, does the prophet Isaiah say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, Here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, And as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Grace and peace to all who are gathered. Grace and peace. Before I even start talking, I want to say thank you so much for your welcome for me and for your quilting of me and all of you and the kindness that you've brought. It's amazing to be church. It's incredible to be church. And we do it sometimes without marking the miracle that it is. Many of us show up Sunday after Sunday. We sit maybe close to the same seat that we've been in for weeks or years and we gather, 
and it doesn't happen anywhere else. Where else in our culture, in our country, in our world, do regularly people meet that are sometimes 80 years different in ages? Where does that happen? And as Pastor Laurie said, we share our joys and our sorrows together. We gather time after time. And every now and then, perhaps during a song or two, we realize that we are standing on holy ground. Sometimes we know enough to take our shoes off. Sometimes we just enjoy and breathe deeply. And so we gathered this morning, and I am so very grateful. Let us pray. Still speaking, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O holy God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So when Pastor Lori invited me to preach several weeks ago, she talked about the Faces of Faith series that she was going to do. And I looked at the booklet that had all of the faces that were possibilities for this summer. And I was drawn to the Ethiopian eunuch. I was drawn in many ways to the Ethiopian eunuch. Ethiopian eunuch. He's never given a name. We really don't know his face, maybe. And we do this to one another. I think that's what drew me in. How easy it uh, is for us to do this for one another. We think we know by some descriptors. We think we know who we are in the world. But do we? Ethiopian here in this story means, it's referring to the, the book of Acts. The book of Acts is all about spreading the word and growing the church. And so Ethiopia was to the ends of the earth. It was those people at the ends of the earth, darker-skinned, African, those people, eunuch. Eunuchs were men, often, who were servants or slaves who were good at something. They were good at singing, and so they were neutered. They were big and strong so they could protect the court and protect the women, and they were neutered. This man was really good with numbers, and so he was castrated, his whole life turned upside down so that he could serve the queen and not be a risk to any of the women. Ethiopian eunuch. One of the jobs I had the privilege of doing before my retirement, and I'm so glad to be retired, but one of the jobs I had before I was retired was working with folks who are HIV positive. And I had two different jobs with them. One of them was a day program. And every day, different congregations would come, and we would spend the days together. So there were 20, 30 of us who got together, some of us HIV positive, some of us 
faith folks who were maybe HIV positive who brought lunch on different days. And every time we introduced ourselves and the men who were in the group introduced themselves as, hi, I'm Sean and I'm HIV. Hi, I'm Paul and I'm HIV. Hi, I'm Leroy and I'm HIV. Every time that was their introduction, I wanted to stand up on the chair or the couch wherever I was sitting and say, no, and, there's and. Yes, you are Paul and you are HIV positive, but you are not your disease. Yes, you are Leroy and you are HIV positive, but boy, can you dance and you are your mother's son. So many times we only use few words to tell one another about ourselves. I, I was the first openly gay person in the United Church of Christ in the Southeast who was ordained. And it was a big deal. And it wasn't about me because so many sisters and brothers who were gay or lesbian had knocked on the door and been turned away. It wasn't about me, but it was time for me. But what was wrong and so odd was when I was going through my examinations and when I was meeting with committees, all of their questions were about me as a lesbian. And it was, what do lesbians think about baptism? I have no idea. <laughs> what do lesbians think about communion? I really don't know what they think about communion. And they thought by asking those questions, they would know me better. Well, I'm a middle daughter of a middle daughter. I'm a Red Sox fan and Cubs. I've had a hard childhood. And they didn't get to that. They didn't know that. I'm a mother of two amazing sons. They didn't ask me about that. They wanted to know what lesbians, we pigeonhole one another. You know, as I've been thinking about the sermon for today, I was thinking of a couple words of things that are going on now. Russian soldier. We think we know them, right? Well, how about wounded Russian soldier? How about 24-year-old female wounded Russian soldier? How about 24-year-old wounded female sister of a twin who died early in the war? Russian soldier. We don't know anything by just a few words. Ukrainian elder. Ukrainian elder who is a widower. Ukrainian elder who is grieving his wife who died right around Christmas just last year. Ukrainian elder who is the father of a son who he's lost track of, who's the father-in-law of a woman who's taken his three grandchildren somewhere to Poland. Ukrainian elder who waits every night in his apartment for a missile to strike. Ukrainian elder, Russian soldier, lesbian being ordained, HIV. It doesn't tell us hardly anything. And if we left it there, if all this was was reading stories and turning pages, how empty our lives would be. 
But there comes the Holy Spirit. And what do you do with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit enters in and changes everything. The Holy Spirit meanders in and through everything that we think we know and welcomes us into what we don't know yet, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is throughout this text. All through this story, the Holy Spirit lives and dances and weeps all through. So I'm finally getting to the title of the sermon, and you're thinking, oh my God, all afternoon we will be here and into the night, the things I planned later in the day. Okay, now I'll tighten it up and I'll get going, I promise. Overhearing another's prayer, that's what felt so holy for me when Pastor Lori asked me to preach. Overhearing another's prayer, when do we ever get to do that? When do we ever get to do that? I think we get to do it most every day. I remember walking downtown in Atlanta and hearing an elderly African-American woman. I've told you two things. We don't know anything about her. But what her prayer was that I overheard was, oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, sweet Jesus. It was hot, and it was the middle of the day and we were walking downtown, and her prayer was, oh, sweet Jesus. And all I could do was lean in, because I didn't know really what the beginning of the prayer was. Maybe I was in the beginning or in the middle, or maybe I was near the end. Oh, sweet Jesus. And so, today, in this eighth chapter of Acts, we are invited in to this prayer being spoken by this Ethiopian eunuch. Joe, if you could please put on the... Oh, it's up? You're good at what you do, whoever did that. Excellent. So I thought it was important for all of us. Shannon, you did a beautiful job, and we memorized every word you said, but some of us need a few words up on the screen. What if today we also speak the prayer that the eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch, spoke. Can we do it together? Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before his shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life was taken away from the earth. Thank you. That was his prayer. And so the Holy Spirit, thank you, the Holy Spirit had invited Philip to join him. And so the Holy Spirit ran up, to, and so Philip, through the Holy Spirit, ran up to the chariot and said, do you understand these words that you are reading? And do we remember without looking at, back at our Bibles that we bring every Sunday to church? Do we remember what was said after that? This man in the chariot, this man who was the treasurer, this man who was so smart, this man whose body was taken from him, this man said, I need someone to guide me. I need someone to guide me. Even in those words, don't we hear something more, something yet? I need someone to guide me. I'm alone here in my chariot. 
I'm on the outside always looking in. I need someone to guide me. Isn't that part of why we show up Sunday after Sunday? I need someone to guide me. And so Philip did. And Philip expanded what the prayer was into the good news and talked about Jesus and talked about Jesus' life and Jesus' teaching and talked about baptism. Talked about baptism. And can you imagine, number one, the fact that this gentleman, this wise, faithful man, I bet he was just celebrating having somebody sitting next to him, looking in the same direction, reading words that had been said for generations. And what he did next is a miracle. I can only imagine them bumping along in a chariot. Have never ridden in a chariot. Can only imagine what it's like riding in a chariot. Hot, dusty, a little bit uncomfortable. Probably not the pews that we have here. I'm just saying. And he looks out and he sees water. And he says, what is to stop me from being baptized? I'm Paul and I'm HIV. I'm Leslie and I'm a lesbian. I'm a Russian soldier. I'm a Ukrainian elder. What is to stop me from being baptized? And I can only imagine his running to the water. Sometimes when I think about the Holy Spirit, and I know that I'm, I'm a gal who loves movies, but sometimes when I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about Clarence from the movie It's a Wonderful Life. You know, kind of jolly, roly-poly Clarence. Clarence, the one who always wished for the best. Clarence, the one who held the yes for what was going to happen next. That Clarence. I just imagine when this man, this faithful man, this learned man, this foreigner said, what is to stop me from being baptized? I just imagine Clarence beaming and saying, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Later on in the book of Acts, a couple chapters later, we hear Dr. Mallard's favorite verse. My favorite professor from Candler always told us his favorite verse was from the 10th chapter of Acts. God shows no partiality. God shows no partiality. Of the entire book, Dr. Mallard brings it back to this. What's to stop me from being baptized? Absolutely nothing. Can you imagine his joy when he was just stepping into the water? Was it cold? Did he know? Was the sky blue? Was it overcast? Did he know? Did he notice? He was probably yanking Philip with him. Please, 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 please. In that moment, when he burst up from the water, there was a knowing in him that had never been there before. He was no longer a stranger in a strange land. 
he was no longer a faithful man at the temple on the outside looking in. Instead, he was reminded, maybe hearing God's own voice. Behold, my son, my precious child, in whom I am well pleased. Announcing his place in the family of things. Announcing his place in the family of things. Please pull out your bulletins or we will look on the screen. And Mary Oliver has written a poem that speaks to this moment. And we will share it together. You do not have to be good. You only have to let the soft animal body of your body love what it loves. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. May it be so. Amen. Will you pray with me? Loving and gracious and a God of abundant grace, we gather together in worship and we are reminded of the preciousness of this opportunity and these moments. We are reminded of all that draws us back to be together in community and in worship as we seek life with one another and life guided by you. We are grateful and we pause in these moments to feel that gratitude, to lift up our own sense of thankfulness for the abundance of this day and this week. We are mindful as part of a community of those who are rejoicing and those who are hurting and those who are seeking and those who are struggling and we lift up each one with tender care and ask that your grace would sustain and hold and surround each one. We pray for those who are struggling with illness, for those who are undergoing treatments, for those who are facing the challenges of chronic illness, for those who are living with pain. We pray for those whose hearts are so heavy with grief and we acknowledge that those are our hearts this morning as we remember and give thanks for Frank 
we lift up Frank's family, his friends, all those uh, who have companioned him and been companioned by him in this life's journey and ask that you would comfort each one as we grieve his passing. We know, oh God, that we uh, see each other so often in such surface ways and we know each other too frequently by our labels, by our diagnoses, by that which does not truly reflect who we are as people created in your image, your children. We pray that you would forgive us for the times when we, when we do that to others and for the times when we do that to ourselves, when we fail to go deeper and wider and broader and to know the fullness of each human being. We pray, O oh God, that your spirit would meander in our midst, that you would weave your way in and out of this community as we are gathered for worship and as we prepare to go forth into the world. We seek your guidance. We seek the guidance of your Holy Spirit as we grow in the ways that we are a family, not a family that excludes, but a family that creates a place of belonging for each one. Guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray the prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 